Blog Talk Radio. You have just tuned in to the Midweek Pick-Me-Up Energy Show, featuring professional officiant, tuning fork facilitator, and author, Marcy Ann Chief. In 1988, Marcy Ann discovered the quantum fields of energy and vibration, and since then her life has been a day-to-day experiment in knowing how to live in light energy for happiness, health, and wealth. She shares the principles and laws of light energy as they operate in everyday life. And now, here is Marcy Ann. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the middle of the week Pick Me Up Energy Show. This is Marcy Ann, and today I'm going to talk about autoimmune diseases. And I have just a wonderful, true story to tell you. Now, remember, my middle-of-the-week show is about energy. Our life here on Earth is energized by our sun, and we get the sun's energy by eating plants, and, and some people eat animals, too, The plants know how to take in the sun's energy, and through the process of photosynthesis, the plants grow, and then when we eat the plant, we get the sun's energy. So I believe we can get more direct a source of the sun's energy by eating plants, but people do eat animals, and they're getting the sun's energy as well. But it does have to be broken down more in our system than the plant energy. So it takes more energy to get energy (laughs) from the animals than it takes less energy to get the energy from a plant. So plants are a a better and more direct source of energy. And by the way, did you know that broccoli has as much protein as a steak? Uh, Lentils also have great protein, much better than a Big Mac. I love what Wikipedia says about energy. It says there's a law of energy which says that energy can be neither created nor destroyed. But it can be changed from one form to another. See, energy just is. (laughs) It's not created, it is. And it can never be destroyed. So on on this show, we talk about energy. What is energy? Where does energy come from? How do we use our energy? Because energy is the amount of life force that we have operating in our lives. And how does that energy that we have change from one form to another? Well, the word energy comes from the Greek word energia, That's E-N-E-R-G-E-I-A. And it actually does mean activity or operation. Well, this word appears for the first time in the work of Aristotle back in the 4th century B.C. And in contrast to that modern day definition of energy, which is operation, in the Greek, energy has a qualitative philosophical concept about it. And as Aristotle viewed energy, he saw that energy included ideas. An idea is a form of energy. It's one of the 
forms that energy takes. So he made that mind-body connection, that energy includes ideas and the most wonderful ideas that energy can form are ideas of happiness and pleasure. <laughs> so here's where I want us to look at energy today. How is energy, our energy, connected to our ideas of happiness and pleasure? So I'm going to tell you the true story. It's the true story of Jessica. Now, I know this to be true because I'm Jessica's grandmother. And I have been talking a lot about her lately because she's just been through one of the most profound, transcendental, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual changes in her life. And since the name of my show today is Autoimmune Diseases, let me start this story by telling you that Two years ago, Jessica was diagnosed with MS. It's multiple sclerosis. It's an autoimmune disease. Okay, now let me go back farther than that. Let's go back eight years ago. My daughter and her husband moved to Orange County from Indiana, where my son-in-law had accepted a design position with Freeman Decorating, which is the largest trade show management company in the U.S. My son-in-law had been running his own trade show company in the Midwest when 9-11 happened, and the trade show business tanked, and he was not capitalized enough to make it through the years uh, before the trade show industry got back on his feet, so he went to work for Freeman. Well, I was just ecstatic because I never dreamed that any of my children would ever come out here and live in California near me. We're all from the Midwest, and I had forsaken that snow and ice and bugs and humidity a long time ago. And I've been living out here in paradise for years by myself. And now I was going to have a child and her family living right down the freeway from me. It was so wonderful. Now, at that time, Jessica was in her last year of college at Indiana University. And then when she graduated, she came to California and took a part-time job as a server at an oceanfront cafe while she was looking for a job. And it was there that she met Stephen. Now, Stephen was the maintenance man for the entire property where the cafe was, which also had lots of little shops. Uh, the name of this property is Laguna Village, and it's just a charming, vintage-style little shopping area right on the ocean. It's really our family's favorite place to go. So at the beginning, Jess, Jess and Stephen were just casually dating, but, you know, Jess was now 24 years old, and she had her college degree, and she was beginning to look ahead and think about what's next. And her biological feminine hormonal system was beginning to cry out for a baby. Now, we call this a woman's biological clock. Well, probably Jess wouldn't acknowledge that this was what was happening at the time, but these biological urges are normal and natural. We see this biological system at work at the 
animal level all the time. I mean, I currently have Miss Dove sitting on her nest on my balcony right now. (laughs) And the California sparrows, who also use my balcony every year, have already had their babies. And yesterday, two squirrels were chasing each other up and down the big tree that's right outside my office window here. And there's a group of crows who also roost in this tree outside of my window, and some of them still haven't nested yet this year because I keep hearing the males giving that low, throaty caw-caw that's associated with the mating season. I mean, maybe it's the female that does that low, throaty caw-caw, but somebody's doing it. And there's been quite a lot of chasing around with the crows, too, in and out of the tree, in and out of the bushes, down on the ground. But, I mean, the animals just, you know, they just know how to go with the flow. Their biological clock urges them to mate, and they mate. It's simple, simple. And the babies are born, and the parents get them up and out of their own, on their own, and next season it starts all over again. You know, no fuss, no bother, as far as human life is concerned, right? We don't have any responsibility for it, right? I mean, Last year, but you know what happened last year? A mom and pop California sparrow had four babies. They were so darn noisy. And three of those babies grew up to the point where they fell out of the nest and found out they had wings and flew away under the careful attention of the mother and the father. But one of them refused to leave the nest. You know what? The mom and pop just abandoned that baby. They stopped feeding it and didn't never came around again. And for a, two or three days, that baby sat in the neck and cried and cried and cried, and then all of a sudden it was gone. It didn't die in the nest, so I guess it had to fly away. I think there's something to be learned here, but let's not get off the subject for today, which is energy. And I was talking about Jessica's biological clock. Well, you know, it really didn't help that her sister had just had a baby and had had the baby shower and gotten all of that attention that a first grandchild on both sides of the family seems to get. You know, that's kind of a hard act to follow. Jessica's baby would be the second grandchild, and Jessica is the second girl child. Now, here are some primary, already realized ego patterns at work in Jessica's life. Okay, now we need to talk first about the fact that we have two brains. One brain is in our heart, and the other one is in our head. I mean, people joke about men having two brains, you know, one in their head and one in their penis. But the penis brain is the brain that's being run by the biological systems that have been programmed by the ego. So in the man's case, he has the brain in his heart, and then he has the brain in his penis, which would be like the woman's brain in her head. Probably this is at the bottom of men are from Mars and women are from Venus. (laughs) You know, the brain in a woman's head never shuts off. It's just an operational system that has no beginning and no end. It's like what Aristotle says, never was created and never will be exhausted. (laughs) 
You know, the brain in a man's penis is really pretty simple. It's like, feed me, feed me, give me sex, give me sex, feed me, feed me, give me sex, give me sex. But the brain in a woman's head is the most complicated machine that has ever been assembled. I don't want to use the word created here because the woman's brain is actually assembled from all of the original elements that go all the way back from before the beginning. And there is no end to what the female brain can come up with. Now, I just want to say here that a man's simplicity is what gets things done here on our on life on our earth. And a woman's complexity is the power behind that man who is able to get things done here on earth. Now, this is another whole subject, but just know right now that the person who probably understands this more than anybody else right now is Donald Trump. Why do you think he's getting so much attention right now? Because he is hitting in on a primary ego system in the collective that is screaming to be heard. Okay, now let's go back to Jessica's primary ego system that's beginning to scream to be heard because her biological clock was ticking. And she was feeling that desire to want to be married and have a child. So she began to attach herself to Stephen. And she began to create dreams of sugar plums in her head that would satisfy these primary biological urges. Well, Stephen could feel this because a man is way more sensitive to emotional currents than we give them credit for. A man will instinctively pick up on this. And Stephen began to pull away. And he also began to be pretty explicit about why he was in the relationship with Jessica. He just began to say things like, well, I don't want to ever get married. I don't ever see myself having any children. You know, all my friends who've gotten married have eventually gotten divorced. I don't think marriage is the way to go these days. You know, just get together, enjoy the moment, go about your business, have fun. And so this is the way things went for about a year. And Jess was getting more and more frustrated and more and more unhappy. Now, in the woman's complicated mind, she doesn't really see anything as impossible. I mean, really, especially, you know, when it comes to a man, she believes she can take a bad man and make him good. She believes she can take, she can change a man's mind. A woman believes that she can use her powers and manipulate the man into doing whatever she wants. And really, this goes kind of all the way back to Eve when she manipulated Adam into eating of the tree of good and evil. And ever since, you know, things have been kind of messed up. Because actually a woman can manipulate a man with her powers. And this is where a woman needs to know the best use of her powers so she doesn't use them in a destructive way that's detrimental to herself. Because when a man, woman's powers are directed towards the man, 
in a fight instead of directed towards her own personal sovereignty. That's how things get messed up. You know, women are never going to have equal pay for equal work as long as she fights the man for this. And believe me, women, the system is run by men. And the more the woman fights the system and tries to fight against the man, the man is going to continue to push her down, push her down, push her down. And I wonder just how far down woman has to go before she sees the errors of this way. And when Donald Trump talks about the blood thing, this is what he's talking about. Well, one day, Jessica's older sister, who also worked full-time at the cafe, asked Stephen what was his agenda with Jessica. And he said, Jess is a pure convenience for me. Well, Jess's sister just thought it was in her highest and best good for Jess to know this, so she told her. She said, Jess, you know, Stephen is just using you. He told me that you were just a pure convenience for him. He has no ideas of anything else. He doesn't want to get married, and he doesn't want to have any children. You need to break up with him. Well, Jessica was devastated. This information hit her deep within the heart of the matter. It actually broke her heart. It was so powerful. So woefully, with her tail between her legs, she dragged herself away from Stephen. And her dad had recommended her to Freeman, and Freeman had offered her a job in the trade show business as an electrical manager, which she decided to take. And she moved in with a girl who also worked for Freeman, and they carpooled to work together. And Jessica just threw herself. She decided to be intense about learning absolutely everything she could about the business. And she did have a natural aptitude about electrical systems that work at trade show booths. And she was articulate in describing to the union electricians what each company wanted to do in their booth and what electrical was required for each show. And she got to go to the Republican National Convention and be in charge of many of the booths there. What a great thing she got to put on her resume. And then her dad was called by corporate to go to Dallas, Texas, to run the design department for the whole country instead of Orange County. And my daughter and son-in-law began to make their plans to move to Texas. And right at this time, Jessica had just found out that Stephen had gotten married and he and his new bride were expecting a child. And this was the straw that broke the camel's back. This was just too much for Jessica to take. And she slid into a clinical depression and began existing just on medication And so, in my daughter's desire to try to help her with this sadness and the clinical depression, my daughter thought that a change of scenery would help, 
you know, get her away from the place where she would be seeing Stephen and be constantly reminded that it wasn't that Stephen did not want to get married. He just didn't want to get married to Jessica. And Stephen really did want to have children. He just didn't want to have children with Jessica. And Freeman assured Jess that she could work for them in Texas. So Jess decided to move to Texas with her mom and dad. Well, sometimes a change of scenery can help. But actually... If a person is really, really, really sad and beginning to be clinically depressed, then that is the person who actually moves to the new scenery. And that person is looking at that new scenery with very sad and depressed eyes. And so not knowing anybody there, Jess took the low road and began going to bars after work and hanging out with that crowd I've always said that the local bar is the substitute for church. I mean, everybody has their spot at a bar. <laughs> the bartender listens to everyone's sad story, and the folks drink and drown their sorrows in the booze. And Jess tried to drown her sorrows in the booze. And then one night, after an evening of socializing and drinking, one of the guys said to Jess, Let's go for a ride on my motorcycle. And just hopped aboard, you know, just got on the seat behind him and held on while he revved that motorcycle up to 50, 70, 100, 125 miles per hour. And then he hit a bump in the road. And that force propelled Jess up in the air. And the velocity of the speed pulled her off that motorcycle out the back, airborne. And then she fell to the ground, still in the velocity of the speed, and scraped along the pavement. Well, the police called for the helicopter to come and take her to emergency. Her hip was out of socket. She had broken her pelvis, and she was scarred up and down both arms, her hands, her legs, and her feet, mostly on her left side, but all over Fortunately, she had on a helmet, but she had no other protective clothing on. She was wearing flip-flops and shorts. And my daughter was called, and she and my son-in-law met her at the hospital. And for the next four weeks, Jess was in and out of drug-induced comas, having surgeries, skin grafts, while the medical teams tried to put Humpty Dumpty all back together again. And then for the next three years, Jess existed in a foggy world of doctor appointments and more skin grafts, wheelchairs, and then walkers, then crutches, and then canes. And she just took to retreating into her room at her parents' home in Texas, a mere shadow of that woman who had so proudly walked down the aisle to get her college diploma with her whole life ahead of her. And now she was scarred for life. Now she was broken and bruised. Now she was depressed and despairing. And then one day her dad heard about an opening in the San Francisco office of Freeman Decorating, and he recommended that that Jess apply for it. And, you know, a lot of times, even though it is important to know how to do the job you're applying for, and Jess was really was an expert as a trade show technical electrical manager. The truth is, a lot of times, it's not so much what you know, but who you know, and Jess got the job. And so she began to make plans uh, plans to move 
by herself to San Francisco. Well, a year after she moved to San Francisco, we were all uh, getting reports of how well she was doing, and then she announced to everybody, I have MS. And we all said, what? She drove down to my house, and her mother flew in from Texas, and Jess announced that she had been to the doctor with symptoms of dizziness and numbness and fatigue, and the doctor ran a bunch of tests, and the diagnosis was MS. And she had brought a complicated medical program of medicine with her. She had to begin to take a shot, and the medicine had to be refrigerated. So to bring all of that down with her, she had to bring in in an ice chest uh, with the medicine in the ice chest. And then she rather proudly stated that the shot cost $5,000 each time she took it. It was like this gave her some sort of worth. This shot costs $5,000. I'm worth $5,000 each time I take this shot. She said her insurance paid for it. Now, MS is an autoimmune disease. And an autoimmune disease is when the immune system in our body attacks itself. And in response to an unknown trigger, the immune system may begin producing antibodies that instead of fighting infection, it attacks the body's own issues, tissues. And treatment for an autoimmune disease generally focuses on trying to reduce the immune system activity, which in the case of MS were the shots of something that cost $5,000 per shot. Boy, oh boy, are the drug companies laughing all the way to the bank on that. And no wonder our health insurance costs so much. But the medical profession really confesses they do not know what triggers the immune system to begin producing antibiotics that will attack itself. Even though as far back as 400 B.C., Aristotle made the mind-body connection that an idea has energy and ideas can add to our energy or take away from our energy. And Aristotle realized that delightful ideas can be energizing and contribute to our health and happiness. And sad ideas can energize also, but they energize the autoimmune system to try to get rid of them. And this creates the autoimmune disease. And if a person does create an autoimmune disease, that person has been having those sad and depressing ideas for quite a while, because sad ideas, mad ideas, depressing ideas, limiting ideas, these ideas provide a problem to the immune system. And the only way the immune system knows how to solve the problem is to attack the idea. And so where is the idea? Would you say that probably the idea is in the brain? Well, which brain? Well, the brain in our head. So the idea in the brain in our our head 
sends this information out to all the cells of our body. So what was this idea that Jessica was sending out to all the cells of her body that caused the doctors to see evidences of MS? Well, by this time in her life, she had decided to take a strong defense system against her circumstances. In order to deal with Stephen's cruel rejection of her as a whole person, not somebody he would want to marry or even have children with, she would boldly and somewhat crudely and rudely declare to everyone and anyone who would listen, I am never going to get married. I don't ever want to have any children. I am going to be the best electrical manager Freeman has ever had, and I will eventually manage this entire section of the trade show business for Freeman. So with these fierce confessions, she doggedly did her job, suppressing those divine biological urges her body was giving to her and turning them off, denying them. And that message was forced out of her brain into all the cells of her body. So guess what? The cells of her body began to turn off and go numb. And the cells in her body were exhausted in denying these primordial biological urges. And her body was fatigued and began to ache. Now, when the autoimmune disease starts to attack the body, it is in, doctors say this is a mistake. But let me tell you right now, the body doesn't make mistakes. The body is a very elaborate but perfectly constructed mechanism that is designed to work perfectly. And the autoimmune system is in a constant state of alertness, constantly monitoring and setting up defense systems to engage any intruder that would cause the system to not work perfectly, to not work according to the natural systems. And when the brain of a person, especially the brain in the head of the woman, introduces an idea of resistance, ideas of sadness, depression, fear, anxiety, unworthiness, uselessness, impossibility. This is communicated throughout the person's body. And the immune system tries to attack the idea and voila, an immune autoimmune disease is created. Well, Jessica's felt that she had some sense of worthiness now because this shot she takes costs $5,000. <laughs> well, the way that doctors diagnose MS is they do a brain scan, and the brain shows scarring. And the area where the brain is scarred is what causes the numbness and the dizziness and the other symptoms of MS through the nervous system. And these scars are called lesions, and they can be seen in a brain scan. And it's 
the sad and mad ideas in the brain that cause these lesions. And Western medical doctors say they don't know what causes them, but Aristotle knew, and most Eastern medicine doctors, as well as holistic health practitioners, know that our emotions and those ego patterns that have been developed in our brain, in our head, through our life experiences, have effect on our physical body. You know, we're just all one great big thing, spirit, soul, and body. But this is all intrinsically engaged together in what mystics call the dance of life. So what to do about autoimmune diseases? (laughs) And here's where I get to the very best part of this story. While Jessica worked in Orange County, she made a best friend. And she had stayed in touch with this girl all during her three-year hiatus into hell and back. And when Jessica went to San Francisco to to go back to work for Freeman, she stopped here in Orange County and said hello to all of her friends in the Orange County office. And she found out that this girl she had kept in touch with was getting married And she had asked Jessica to be a bridesmaid in her wedding. And everyone was going to go over to Las Vegas, and they were going to have this. And they had this big to-do at the MGM Grant. Well, Jessica's best friend's husband-to-be had also invited several of his friends to be groomsmen in the wedding. And the entire wedding party met in Las Vegas the day before the ceremony. And that evening, they had a big pre-wedding party. And that is where the magic happened. Bridesmaid Jessica met groomsman Billy. And the die was cast. Instant cellular recognition. Instant true love. Instantaneous love at first sight. And the rest is history. Because they've been together every single minute since, even though he lives in Los Angeles and she's still in San Francisco. You know, there is texting. You can be in touch every single minute, and they are. And guess what? Oh, I know, I know. You've already figured it out, haven't you? They're going to get married, and they want to have a baby right away. You know, Jessica's 32 years old now. Eight years past the devastating heartbreak that took her down into the depths of hell. And Billy is also 32, never been married, never had any children. And while he's not a practicing Catholic, he was raised Catholic and went to Catholic school. And he is so excited to finally find his wife and the mother of his children. And he says he wants to have five or six kids. You know, we'll see about that, but he does make really good money, and he certainly could afford to have a big family. And he wants Jessica to be a stay-at-home mom and just love him and take care of him and his home for him and have his children. And Jessica is ecstatically happy. I mean, she is giddy, giddy happy. (laughs) And now for the best part. Her last trip to the doctor for a checkup found that the lesions in her brain are drying up. They are shrinking. 
they are normalizing. They are being eliminated. And you know what that means? Her MS is being fixed. Because her to- her happiness is totally recreating all of the cells of her body as her brain in her heart has taken over and is now sending out happiness ideas. <laughs> and the brain in her head is now being healed as the brain in her heart radiates her gratefulness and her blissful happiness throughout her entire person. And you know what? Soon there will be no more MS. Just Jessica and Billy sitting in the tree. (laughs) K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Getting married and having babies. All is well in Jessica's world. So that's the good news for today. And if you have an autoimmune disease, just know that you can be healed from it, too. That is, if you want to. And probably you say, well, who wouldn't want to be healed from an autoimmune disease? And I would say there are a lot of people because their autoimmune disease is filling up a gap in their life. It is fulfilling them in some way. Perhaps it gets them disability income so they don't have to work. Or perhaps it gives them power and control over others because other people now have to deal with them because they're sick. Or perhaps it gives them attention that they don't get if they were totally well. And most times this autoimmune disease is saying that this is a person who's been hurt who's been abused, who's been neglected, who's had a terrible tragedy in their life, someone who's been heartbroken in a million pieces on the floor and all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty together again. And so as I close this show today, please know, Everyone who is alive and breathing here on this planet Earth right now is here because you are a very special person. Because no one comes here to Earth unless they're called to be an important part of the overall cosmic design. There's something that you can do that no one else can do. There's a part in the universe machine that only you can make work. So if you find out what your part is and you start to do it, you will find the source of happiness for you. Each person's road to happiness is individual and unique. And just know, if you're hindered in any way right now from getting on that road to your individual happiness, you can call me. Marcianne, and I will help you find the answers. You can just go to my website, www.marcianne.com, because my contact info is there. Don't give up, dear one. Jessica's world is perfect now, and yours can be too.
That's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. You can contact Marcy Ann on her website, www.marcyann.com. You can also view all of Marcy Ann's videos on YouTube by putting Marcy Ann in the YouTube search window. You can download her book for free at www.mrwriteforme.com. And if you want to go into business for yourself, take a look at Marcy Ann's Weddings and Celebrations Business Startup Course at www.weddingofficiantschool.com. The Middle of the Week Pick Me Up Energy Show is broadcast live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Coast Time from Marcy Ann's Studios in Southern California. All shows are also archived and can be listened to at any time in any place in the world. <laughs>